today on the Inside Scoop. South Carolina could do something they haven't done in the internet era. Oregon recruiting is on a real heater right now when it comes to landing commitments. First, five-star Sammy Brown said the quiet part out loud in a recent update with On3. We're going to tell you what he said to compare his recruitment to the Avengers saga and why I think a lot of other top 100 recruits are thinking the same way. But first, five-star Colin Simmons' spring game was last night, and my man, Sam Spiegelman, was at Duncanville High School to watch the game and talk to Simmons afterward. Sam, what intel can you share with us that you learned on the five-star pass rusher? All eyes are on the number one edge rusher in the country out of Duncanville, the state champion from just a couple of months ago, and he's finally locked in his first three official visits of June. First, he's heading back to Miami, Josh. Um, that'll be on June 9th. We know that he visited earlier this spring. That visit was one to remember, and him and mom are heading back for their first official visit. The week after, they'll head to Oregon. Simmons has been to Oregon in the past, but he was expected at the Oregon spring game. He did not make that trip. Now his return to Eugene is set for June 16th. And then last, he'll cap June um, with a visit back to the 40 acres, that big official visit for Texas and Steve Sarkeesian getting the number one player, number one defensive player on Steve Sarkeesian's board on campus for an official visit. How did Colin Simmons look out there? I mean, I know it's only spring, but how was he? He, he played two quarters and he was prolific. He um, Obviously, he's not going to hit the, uh, the opposing quarterback because he's an on three top 100 junior quarterback that lifted him to a state championship. And just as important as Keelan Russell is to Duncanville's offense, Colin Simmons is to the Duncanville defense. And he was flying around. He's, he's put on some more weight this spring. He looks a little bit bigger flying off the edge and no one in their, in their right mind can stop this kid. He is absolutely prolific. Um, my opinion, the number one defensive player in the country. He is a monster out there on the football field. Let's get into what Sammy Brown had to say, the five-star linebacker. And it made me think that he could be saying something that a lot of top recruits are thinking. But first, do me a favor, hit the subscribe button, like this video, and subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. I'd appreciate it. All right, here's what Sammy Brown had to say. This is the end game. These next five weeks, I'll be on official visits, and then I'll wrap things up. I'm about to dive deep in with each school, hit all the details, and it'll be the icing on the cake for my recruiting process. Went on to say academics, football, the fit, the depth chart, the weight room. I'm diving into every category. This is it for me. All right, Sam. Sammy Brown, five-star, the number two linebacker in America, 16 overall. He has official visits in June to Tennessee. Well, he'll be at Tennessee this weekend. Then he goes to Clemson, UGA, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. I think most people view this recruitment as a Clemson-Georgia battle, but I kind of view Ohio State as the dark horse. Do you think that the Buckeyes have a legit shot to land Sammy Brown? Yeah, he's, he's going to take an official visit to Ohio State. Ohio State, under Jim Knowles as a defensive coordinator, has have certainly refound their footing, recruiting these elite defensive players again. We're seeing some of the players they already have committed and who they're trending with in this 2024 class. Sammy Brown has already been to Columbus. But like you said, I have my eyes on Clemson and really Georgia moving forward. All right. Well, if I was going to lean one direction just for fun, I would probably lean in Clemson's direction. Do you do you have a, a lean or a pick? I wouldn't be surprised if it went either direction, but I, I like the way that Kirby Smart's been recruiting on the defensive side of the ball. And 
I think it's hard to turn away the opportunity to stay home and, and play for, for Coach Muschamp and Coach Smart. All right. I don't have an RPM pick in yet for Sammy Brown, but I might put one in this weekend. We'll see. Let's move on to number one edge Dylan Stewart. Now, Dylan Stewart hasn't come out and directly said a decision date, but he has said that he wants to do something before his senior year. So right now we got Ohio State leading on the recruiting prediction machine, but he has official visits set in June for Georgia, Miami, Ohio State and South Carolina. He heads to UGA first. The last visit will be to South Carolina. Do you think Shane Beamer can pull this off? And I say that because, and I know it, it doesn't make sense. Number one recruit in America, South Carolina with Ohio State and Alabama and all these teams. But Sam, he's been to South Carolina, I think seven times in the last year. So should we really be considering the Gamecocks as a legit threat to land the number one overall player in America? Didn't Shane Beamer just do this last cycle with Nicholas Harbour? He could have went to play for Dan Lanning and the Oregon Ducks, but instead Shane Beamer and the, the Gamecocks won out. They've they've been doing this in state. They've been recruiting at a really high pace to kick off the 2024 cycle following that momentum from the Nicholas Harbour commitment. Like you said, Dylan Stewart has some, some big visits ahead, Ohio State, Georgia, the, the two-time defending champs ever that have turned out uh, defensive linemen and players at his position at a really high pace, but – I'm not ruling out South Carolina just yet, and we know he's been there more than any other school. It's crazy to think. I mean, that's going to be the last visit in June. We'll see if he takes any in July. Right now he doesn't have any. Uh, we'll see if Alabama gets on the schedule. Now let's talk about the number three-ranked wide receiver in America, five-star Mike Matthews, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, very close on the recruiting prediction machine. Uh, I get a, It's hard for me to get a read on his recruitment. In June, he's going to take visits to Clemson, Georgia, USC out west, and Tennessee. Sam, I think he's probably the most important recruit to Tennessee. I wonder where they're going to land their fives are. I know they're in it for Ryan Wingo as well. But to me, like, you know, after landing Nico Imaliava last year, you got to have that kind of excitement around the program to land now a five-star wide receiver. Uh, what's your read on Mike Matthews and his recruitment? Yeah, kind of like you said, it also feels like Mike Matthews is one of the, he's one of the best in Georgia, but one of those elite players that might end up playing out of state, like you mentioned, Tennessee, but also the first official visit he set was back in the spring to USC. He knows what right. Lincoln Riley and Dennis Simmons do on the offensive side of the ball. He just seems more prone to go out of state given the contenders that are in the mix. All right. Talking about going out of state, the number nine ranked wide receiver in America, Bryant Wesco out of the state of Texas. You were watching his game as well last night. So let's talk about him. Oklahoma has been trending heavily this spring. He has official visits coming up to Clemson, LSU, TCU, Tennessee, and, o and, and he doesn't have Oklahoma on the schedule. So I want to ask you, why does he not have Oklahoma on his official visit schedule? Just a, just a really busy uh, from May through June. That's, that's um, official visits every single weekend. Um, he's likely to get back to Oklahoma in July, whether that's official or unofficial, that remains to be seen. But he had to get out to USC. He had to get to TCU. He had to get to LSU. He had to make all these official visits. And, and OU, just the scheduling didn't work out. They're still very much in the mix, and I'm, I'm not changing my RPM on, on the Sooners anytime soon. <laughs> all right. So do you think, like Sammy Brown, Bryant Wesco's endgame will come this summer? 
Absolutely. He fully intends to make his decision before his senior season begins. Um, kind of like what Sammy Brown has said, that's exactly what a lot of kids like to do. They like to focus on their senior years, focus on winning a state championship and put a lot of this recruiting behind them. Because when you are a Sammy Brown or a Brian Wesco, you are you know, the center of attention for these college coaches and you need a break to focus on your senior year and have a little fun in the process. So I fully expect Wesco to be committed um, by the end of August. All right, one more recruit who I think could be considering his end game as well is the number three safety in America, Corian Gibson. He's trending to Texas. He has official visits in the month of June to Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State, and then his last one will be Texas. So he's trending that way, Sam. Is there a team that can overtake Texas and maybe land his commitment when he's ready? Well, Ohio State was at his high school this week, and they, they made sure that they locked in that official visit for um, the middle of June because Corey and Gibson plans to have a decision made, if not by the end of June, sometime in July. Like you mentioned, he's a number three safety in the country. Some of these schools in the mix, like Texas, like him all over the secondary, including at cornerback. He is at the top of uh, a lot of these teams' boards, like Clemson, like Alabama, like Ohio State, and especially Texas. I like my RPM pick for the Longhorns, but I would keep an eye on Alabama and also Clemson. All right. Well, we'll see where he ends up making his decision. What about, you know, we're talking about approaching the end game. So what about guys like five-star Colin Simmons or five-star defensive lineman David Stone? Do you think that they could be making an early decision this summer? No, I think when it comes to those two, I think, listen, official visits start in the summertime. Um, you know, David Stone is going to get to Oklahoma for their big June official visit weekend on June 16th. Um, that is going to be a pivotal official for David Stone. But you know he's going to make it to other schools. So many other schools are still in the mix with David Stone. And then for Colin Simmons, um, yeah, he's going he's gonna to dive in as well. His first three official visits, like we mentioned, for June. But he's also eyeing at least three during the season. Texas A&M. Alabama and LSU all positioned for in-season visits from the number one edge in the country. Yeah, hey, no rush for these two. They they can punch their ticket anytime they want. And not to say that the other players that we mentioned can't do that, but you can really kind of get a sense on the prospects that are still having a blast and going on all these visits, and then the ones that know hey, these are the schools that I'm looking at. It's starting to narrow down. And at some point this summer, I'm going to make a decision. Do you kind of you start to feel that when you talk to guys? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and to that point, sometimes it's still just too tight of a race, whether it's two teams or three teams. It's sometimes it's just really hard to pick, pick apart. And we're seeing, you know, decommitments and flips. Are, you know, we're very familiar with that. It's, it's almost everyday language for, for you and I, Josh. But some kids really try to avoid that. They really like to make one commitment and, and be done with the process. Um, and, and everyone is entitled to their process and everyone goes about it a different way. All right, Sam. Well, much like Thanos, I'm about to put an end to this segment. Thanks for joining the Inside Scoop today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Josh. Oregon has been on an absolute tear this past month in recruiting. And right now, they're sitting inside the top 10 in the on three industry rankings. But the Ducks aren't done quacking. There is more to come. So let's bring on Justin Hopkins from Scoop Deck. We're sort of in a lull here, so it gives us some time to catch our breath. But what a spring for the Ducks. They finished with a bang heading into the summer. Most notably over the weekend, the addition of four-star quarterback Michael Van Buren, the number 13th ranked quarterback in the country. 
Big pickup for the Ducks, as I said. But, Justin, what big-name receivers do you think Van Buren could help land? Uh, well, for starters, it's going to help Oregon hold on to their really talented pass catchers they have now, Jordan Anderson, Tysier Denmark, Dylan Gresham. So that, that's the start. But the two names that are not committed that come to my mind immediately, and first and foremost is Ryan Pelham, a four-star wide receiver out of California, certainly shaping up to be an Oregon-USC battle right now. And I know those are battles that Dan Lanning really wants to win. So I would say that attention for him turns immediately to Ryan Pelham, hot and heavy. Second name I'll throw out there right now is Jeremiah McClellan out of Missouri, uh, four-star wide receiver that Oregon is in the mix for, and he's expected to take his official visit to Oregon in June. So those are the two immediate, immediate names. But the last one I'll throw out to you is Jack Ressler uh, at a modern day. And I know we'll hit on that school more, a little bit more in this segment. But the reason I bring him up is I think he might be the next guy to commit to Oregon. Um, and that really helps Dan Lanning and company break into that super talented roster uh, at modern day, which has some really good playmakers they're trying to trying to get on campus as well. Yeah, you just put in a prediction for him, didn't you, on Tuesday? Yeah, he just visited this past weekend with Aiden Breland and Brandon Baker, his teammates, which I know we'll cover. And I think that uh, I know he's not the most highest regarded receiver in this class but I think he's good enough and if, and if he helps you land some of those other prospects um, it certainly is worth taking yeah absolutely and we're going to get into that right now but first Oregon fans do me a favor like this video and subscribe to the on three YouTube page we got some big quacks coming let's look at the graphic five-star linebacker Justin Williams five-star edge Elijah Rushing Four-star offensive tackle Brandon Baker and four-star defensive lineman Aiden Breland. Justin, what are the odds that Oregon can go into California and pull these two stud modern-day teammates, Brandon Baker and Aiden Breland? Well, if you'd have asked me that question a week or two weeks ago, um, I would have said it was probably around 30% because I really felt like Oregon's been in a great position for Brandon Baker, but since the coaching change at his position, Adrian Clem leaving, Alec Terry coming in, you know, I felt Oregon kind of maybe lost some of its lead there a little bit. I think they've gotten all of that back, but I don't think they ever led for Aiden Breland. And this last weekend, they were able to get both on campus, and I think they made a massive move for Aiden Breland. I don't know that they lead per se, but they certainly closed the gap on what was probably a USC lead at that time. So, my answer today, I could see that being 65 to 75% because, as you alluded to in the intro, Oregon's on a heater right now when it comes to recruiting. And you and I both know momentum kind of equals this snowball. Once you start getting some of these big guys on campus and they commit, everybody else wants to jump on board with that. So right now, Oregon has a ton of momentum. Yeah, and the reason I brought up these four names is because Oregon is trending with all four of them on the recruiting prediction machine, some more than others, but they are trending for all four of these stud recruits. So out of this group, who do you think could be the next to commit to Oregon? I would have to probably go with Brandon Baker. I, I do believe that he's always loved Oregon. His older brother played at Oregon. I, it's the school he's wanted to go to. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, things change and you grow up and dream school fades and you start getting into the business side of things. But I think that Baker has given Oregon every opportunity uh, to recruit him and kind of make him feel the priority. And they certainly have done that. He's been on campus two times in the last three weeks. We'll take his official visit in June as well. That's a lot of visits in a short period of time. So 
right now, out of that group, I think Baker's probably closest to committing, and he's the guy I would put my money on right now. All right, so we're talking about all the guys that are training to Oregon, and there's a lot of them. But give me a recruit right now that, you know, Oregon's in good shape with, but if they don't get him on campus this summer, you think could slip away from them. It's probably going to be a curveball here, but it's uh, defensive lineman Williams Nwari. And I think that he recently made a top 10, and Oregon wasn't on it. So immediately you'll think, okay, Oregon's got to be 11th at best. But I think they can climb up that ladder pretty quickly, and he's already scheduled an official visit to Oregon in September. Mm -hmm. His other five, excuse me, his other four official visits are all set for June. So I think that that's somebody that Oregon can make a late move on. And again, maybe they're able to close on a Baker and a Breland, uh, a Justin Williams, a rushing, two of those guys, three of those guys. All of a sudden, Williams is going to take notice of that and maybe give Oregon a little bit more of a look. So I'm not pretending to be a homer and say that Oregon leads or anything crazy like that. It certainly looks like Oklahoma and Tennessee are probably the teams to beat at the moment. But I think I could see Oregon making a late surge. And to your point, if they don't get him on campus for that visit, they're yeah, probably cross out him of off it. the board. Number one <laughs> defensive lineman in America. Got to get him on campus in the summer if you want a chance at him. All right. Oregon is currently sitting ninth in the on three industry team rankings with 14 commitments. So how good do you think this class can be rankings wise? Do you think I mean, we're talking about a lot of top prospects. Do you think that Oregon has a real shot at a top five class? So out of those uh, four that we mentioned a few minutes ago, Justin Williams, Elijah Rushing, Brandon Baker, and Aiden Breland, I have predictions for Oregon on three of them, Breland being the only one I currently don't. So let's say Oregon's able to pull that off. Okay, it's going to be tough, but if they could pull that off and maybe add, you know, a Breland and a Dylan Williams and some of these other guys we haven't really mentioned yet, I think you could see Oregon in that four to six range, maybe four to seven range. And as you and I both know from doing this a while, that margin from three to eight is pretty minuscule, right? If you're the number three class or mm-hmm. the number five class, we're talking, you know, a few points, 10 points at the most. Um, so Oregon getting into that top five range, top six range really means that they've got one of the truly elite classes in the country. And I think right now they have the capability to get to that four or five spot. It's going to be really hard to get above that, but I, I could right. see them in the top five. Yeah, but with the way that things are falling and some of your predictions, man, it looks like they are going to be battling for a top five class. I love Scoop Duck, too, especially Tuesdays. The one thing I know about Tuesdays is I'm getting tacos and I'm getting predictions on Scoop Duck. Why do you do predictions on Tuesday? I, you know, so it just it's something I've done for a few years now, and I try and make two predictions. So the the, the play on words is you write TWO for Tuesday, prediction Tuesday. I love tacos. My kids all love tacos, so it goes hand in hand. I don't know how I came up with it, but it works, but we roll with it, right? Tacos and predictions, they go hand in hand. You heard it here first on the inside scoop. Thanks, Justin. Let's talk South Carolina recruiting. We don't do that enough here on the inside scoop. Today, I got to find out if the Gamecocks are really in it for number one overall Dylan Stewart. We're also on the brink of an insanely important summer for Shane Beamer and his recruiting staff. So let's bring on South Carolina insider Wes Mitchell. Wes, last year, South Carolina finished 16th, but they finished strong by landing five-star athlete Nicholas Harbor on signing day, a big day for the Gamecocks. This year, though, 
They've carried that momentum over from 23 into the 2024 cycle. South Carolina currently has the number six ranked class in America. The momentum is real. What do you credit South Carolina's recruiting success to? I think, Josh, is a combination of the way they finished last year, obviously beating Tennessee, beating Clemson. You know, we've had a lot of prospects tell us that that went a long way towards kind of shaping their view of South Carolina. But then I also just look at Shane Beamer and the staff having some mm -hmm. time to actually build those longstanding relationships. You look at kind of the core of this class. Yeah, there's some out-of-state guys in here, but the Cam Pringles of the world, Josiah Thompson, uh, Kelvin Hunter, all in-state, highly recruited guys. Add Mazio Bennett in there. These are guys that South Carolina has been recruiting for two, almost three years in some cases. So uh, I think when Beamer took over, they already kind of circled this 2024 class, especially in-state and knew it could be important for them. You know, right now they're sitting on five of five of the guys in-state that they've targeted, and it's really allowed them to kind of build a core for this class that has helped them to kind of maintain that top 10 ranking so far. Yeah, two in-state monsters that they've landed are Josiah Thompson and Cam Pringle. How important was it to get them both on the commit list before summer even began? Yeah, you know, I think you look at, first of all, offensive tackles. So rare, so valuable, and you have two of the top five guys in the country who happen to be in-state for South Carolina. This is probably the best duo I've ever seen in the state of South Carolina at the same time, uh, you know, since I've been covering this. So South Carolina really made it a priority to get those guys on campus so many times, not just individually, but together. And you saw those guys hanging out with each other, hanging out with Mazio Bennett, hanging out with Dante Reno, who's their quarterback commit for 2024. So those relationships have just carried over. And, uh, you know, you look at what they've done on the offensive line going back to the 2023 cycle as well, and then pairing that with some of the guys they've got committed for 2024. Um, it, it's really been phenomenal. The, the, just the job they've done of getting guys who are top priorities at that position. Yeah, well, and we're going to talk about Dylan Stewart here in a minute. But first, South Carolina fans, do me a favor. Subscribe to the On3 YouTube page. It seems like we're going to be talking South Carolina a lot this summer. But before we get to Dylan Stewart, I want to talk about South Carolina's DB class. You currently got two committed in Kelvin Hunter and Braden Lee. What would Torian Gray's ideal secondary class look like this cycle? Yeah, you know, they're off to a good start there. I look at a guy who just uh, set up his official visit to South Carolina this past week, or at least went public with those plans, and Jalewis Solomon. He's a four-star guy. Like South Carolina's battling out some of the Florida teams for him. I think Florida State's heavily involved. Florida's heavy, heavily involved. Listed as an athlete on the On3 network, but I, I think probably profiles as a defensive back for South Carolina. That would be a huge gift for them. Yeah, there's an emerging kid, uh, Chasen Johnson, who's out of Florida as well. Uh, Seminole High School. I, I think Carolina sort of quietly uh, got in on him recently, and he just set an official visit as well. So they're in on a bunch of guys. I would look for several other guys to – they're kind of in the process of getting some official visits set up with some other guys that I think they'll probably be in the game with as well. Uh, but certainly those two guys we just talked about, if you talked about maybe pairing that with the guys who are already committed, that would be a really good start to this class for Torian Gray. Yeah, and we tease it up front that there are some important official visits ahead in the month of June. But looking at the visit schedule, the weekend of June 23rd really pops out to me because five-star edge Dylan Stewart on three's number one overall recruit in the country will be in town. How critical is this weekend with South Carolina in their chances of landing Dylan Stewart? 
Yeah, well, so they have all of their – almost all of their committed guys are coming in that weekend as well. This is something we see teams do all the time. South Carolina has certainly taken this approach as well, where you get a couple of your highly regarded, high-priority targets in with the guys who already committed. And that's what they're trying to do here with Dylan Stewart. Stewart's been on campus already. I, I think we had the last count at seven times at, at South Carolina. So those longstanding relationships are there as well. It kind of reminds you a little bit of the Nicholas Harbor recruitment at this stage last year where South Carolina was battling with sort of some bigger name programs. Mm -hmm. But um, they just hung in there. I think they quietly liked their position this time last year with Harbor. I think they quietly liked their position this time this year. They're playing the long game. They're kind of running this marathon. And, uh, you know, they're kind of working their plan here. I think they feel good about where they're at. It's going to be tough. You start talking about, you know, what, the Ohio States, the Georgias of the world, the Alabamas. I mean, it's a big boy recruiting battle. But under Shane Beamer in the last year or so, South Carolina has found themselves right in the middle of these. Now, he's kind of alluded uh, recently in an update with Chad Simmons that he, Dylan Stewart, might be ready to make a decision before the summer ends, before his senior year. So what does South Carolina need to do in order to you know, finish strong? Because it could be two and a half months away from decision date. Yeah, you know, I think you see that more and more from guys wanting to just knock out these June officials and then get the process done before mm -hmm. their senior year begins. And, um, you know, I think South Carolina would be okay with that. Like I said, he's been on campus several times and, um, you know, possibly getting the last official visit if it sets up that way or one of his last visits leading into a decision will work out pretty well for them. And again, they, they've pushed this whole idea, obviously, of family and relationships with their current class and having him on campus with all those other 2024 guys who are already just really firmly committed and honestly have put in more effort and energy to recruiting other guys around them to join them than probably any class I've seen in South Carolina history. That's probably been a little bit of their secret sauce for this group is mm -hmm. just other guys recruiting other guys. Um, I think that would actually set up pretty well for Carolina before you just extend this thing out into the regular season. All right, I was going to come on here and ask about a top 10 finish for South Carolina, but forget a top 10 finish. South Carolina currently sitting at six, and you guys had an article on Gamecock Central mentioning that in the internet era, South Carolina's best, best finish is number seven. So my question to you, Wes, is forget the top 10. Can South Carolina finish inside the top five in 2024? Yeah, I think if you look at the numbers, obviously, as you know, these other schools are going to be adding prospects as well. So to stay in that top five, top six, I think you have to have a Dylan Stewart in this class. Yeah. You have to have a Daniel Hill, who is a high four-star athlete thereafter. Jonathan Paler, one of their top recruit, recruits at a wide receiver. He's a four-star guy. So, I mean, to get that top five, I think they're going to have to hit on just about every single one of these final targets they have. But I don't know if I can count them out either. They're on such a roll right now. I think certainly they're headed towards a top 10 class. Fr frankly, Dylan Stewart may be the difference because we know how much value the, a five-star guy carries in the numbers. That may be the difference in being like a seven, eight, nine versus pushing potentially at that five spot because they were top five when uh, Josiah Thompson committed. And then I think Michigan bumped them out to the six. So those two have kind of been going back and forth for that five and six spot here lately. Yeah, it's an absolute arms race for top talent. But at this point, I'm not counting out Shane Beamer. Wes, we'll have you back on later this summer. It's going to be an exciting summer for South Carolina. Thanks for stopping by the Inside Scoop.
Thanks, Josh. Have a good one, man. Thank you for watching. Make sure you smash that subscribe button for me. And remember to check out all the videos on the On3 YouTube page.